Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Creatures of the Galaxy, welcome to episode 168 of the Scruffy Looking Podcast. As we remember, if you're hearing it here first, you're hearing it last. Especially pertinent today, since we have the England versus Italy Euro Cup final going on in the background as we speak. We're just going into extra time past the 90-minute marker, so expect some random yips, yelps, cries of laughter, and wookie tears. Uh, taking you on this little weird, interesting voyage today are some of your some of your usual suspects. Myself, Jimmy Dice, and with me here in the great state of Maine, my brother, Mister Ed Bossart. What's going on, man? Hey, dude. Happy to be here. Happy to talk Star Wars. Ready to go? Let's do this. Well, let's do this indeed. Across the pond, representing the UK today, Mister Christopher Hall. How are you, man? And where the hell's Kev? Kev, Kev's not here. Obviously, he's a lot more invested in this than I am. But I'm, I'm, I'm really invested. Uh, anxiety's fucking not the one right now. Um, I'm trying my hardest. So let's go. Let's do. <laughs> talk about Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars. Excellent. While we have the game on in the background behind Ed, so we can all watch and yip and yelp and cry together. Well, as you may have guessed, we have another special guest this week joining us for our Band Bash series. A returning guest, this legend co-host Blue Harvest and the new gaming podcast High Potion. Please welcome Mr. Haas Burkhardt. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks, well, thanks for, for being here. I am especially invested in this uh, football match because uh, is it a match? Is that the right term? <laughs> that's the right. That's the right term, buddy. Yes. Okay. Football match, football game. Because uh, I don't know anything about this sort of thing, and I've never seen my buddy Chris Hall here so nervous and anxious, especially with something sports related. I know, mate. What is it all about? <laughs> What's? <laughs> I've not. I've not watched a single game throughout the whole tournament. We got to the semis, which we normally get to, and then fucking if we don't go out in the first round, we'll go out in the semis in like due to penalties or something crazy. Semi. Um and then we won. We won the fucking semis and got and got in the final. Um and I got well sucked in on on the semis and it was horrible. It's like one of the worst worst viewing experiences of my life. My stomach <laughs> was just like I'm like, What's wrong with me? I don't even like sports. Why why do I care? But the whole country's just gone nuts over the last few weeks, and particularly the last two days have just been crazy. So, yeah, I'm a little bit invested. No laser swords or anything, so it's just... <laughs> You're getting a taste just of guys. what Kev is, like, all in on it. Oh, my word. So he texted me today. He sends his apologies. 
Uh, he started oh, he drinking it. He started drinking it too, just to get calm his nerves. We kick off <laughs> at eight, so he'd got six hours of drinking in before kickoff. So I've got <laughs> oh, no oh, idea. Man. I got no idea what what state he's in right now. But God bless. Probably him. ain't great. Yeah, especially since it's tied one-one. Yeah, Dang. right. Let's go, Star Wars, mate. Come on. All right, Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God. So what we like to do now, Haas? We like to go through our weeks in Star Wars. It can be anything you've purchased, read, played, learned about, anything related to Star Wars or not. Um, you know, as I've mentioned, I like to wa- I talk about Star Trek quite often, actually. Um, most of my weeks in Star Wars turns into my weeks in Star Trek, but whatever. These guys kind of keep me on track. So this week, we're going to start with Chris. Chris, show us the way. How's your week in Star Wars? Well, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it, since we last... Uh since we last mm-hmm. uh, talked, so uh, a few few bits have happened. I've the other day, just the other day, I've not purchased anything in ages, and I forgot I'd pre-ordered this. And the most, it's probably the stupidest figure I've ever bought in my life. <laughs> but I had to have it. It's the the Boba Fett prototype edition that just looks Ooh. like it's been put together with Crayola crayons and melted into a mold. It's uh, it's stupid, but I love it. Obviously, it's got to add it to the Fett collection, isn't it? It's, uh, it's great. It's perfect timing, so, yeah. having the, like, Boba Fett perfect fan over here, Haas. I don't know about yes. that, but I have one of those pre-ordered as well that I'm looking forward to coming in. Well, I did, me, me and Kev uh, Haas are big, big Boba Fett guys, and... I just thought they had done one version, but there's six different colorways. <laughs> yeah, oh. and I'm a, I'm a sucker for those foil cards. It oh, me, me too. Of buying yeah. comic books in the '90s. Oh, I love them. If it's foil, because I've I've I, we talked about this quite a bit, but I I started off as an inbox collector, and then slowly but surely, I've just I've started unbe- unboxing stuff. Except mm. if it's got foil on it, this staying in that box. This guy's staying in this box. Yeah. What about the CEO Bibble? Oh, he, well, that's just special because it's funny, isn't it? And it's, yeah, mm, it's yeah, just got, it's, it, a lot it's got of baggage with that one. It's got yeah. History. Um, and then the other night, I bought a, um, I bought, a t- well, I didn't buy it, it was free. I registered for this online event that uh, Walt Disney Family Museum was, uh, they put on. They were interviewing Doug Chang, um, mm. who's a personal, personal hero of mine. And it was on, like, start time for the UK. It was, like, half past midnight. And I really got hamped to, to stay up for it. And then works just broke me all week. So I didn't stay up. But um, I watched it the next day uh, on the replay. And it was um, it was pretty good. It was decent. So it was it, they call, it's the Walt Disney Family Museum. And they do these public programs. And it's called The Happily Ever After Hours with Lucasfilms. Vice, I didn't know he was Lucasfilm's vice president and executive creative director. I knew he was that. Yeah. I knew he was like in, in charge of all the creative shit, but he's fucking vice president now, Dougie. Yeah. What a lad. What a lad. <laughs> Come Moving a up. Way. Yeah. Um, it was all right. It was, it was decent. Obviously, it was in a format like this. It was like a Zoom call. Um, it was like about a 30 minute interview, and then they did like fan questions. Um, he spoke about similar stuff that he did in, in that panel that he did in Chicago. 
um, when George first hired him and stuff like that. But he he talked about a bit of his history. But it was just really interesting. I picked up a few. There's a few little nuggets that I picked up. Um, he was saying over the past year, they were asking him how it's worked this past year, obviously in lockdown. And he was saying it's the busiest he's ever been under the like, the hardest circumstances ever. He's been leading and working on five separate projects creatively. Oh. Um, some of which we don't know about, which is pretty oh, cool. I've that is cool. Yeah. Uh, and he also mentioned, he did say, because they were talking about designs that don't get used and stuff like that, and he was saying that some stuff will be used in further seasons of The Mandalorian. So yeah. it's obviously going to be... To me, that sounds like there'll be more than a Series 3. There'll be more. Do you know what I mean? It's, it'll yeah. keep going until it reaches That's its cool. conclusion. So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and then I can finally, finally talk about this goddamn project that I've been working on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us teasing. Sure. So I've been working with this uh, bootleg toy artist in the UK called For the Love of Old Toys. And old, I've done some work with it. Old toys or the, all toys? Old. Old. For the oh, love of old love for it. the love of old old toys on nice. Instagram. And I've done some work with him in the past, but it wasn't Star Wars related and then he messaged me months and months ago um about this Star Wars project. And it is, it's a, it's a He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and Star Wars mashup, and it's mm-hmm. a double pack. It's uh, He-Wok and Skelly-Wok. So He-Wok. It, it's, it's Chief Chirper's got He-Man's face, and Wicket's got um, Skeletor's face. It's just on the shelf there behind me. Um, so I've done all the artwork and the packaging for it, and it's super cool. Um, I'm dead excited because there's some, like, it's, turned into a bit of a cool working relationship and we've got some more stuff coming out um, that uh, I'm even more excited about. So is it order, order, orderable? Like can we- yes. So it is. It's an exclusive for San Diego Comic-Con, um, the virtual event, which is uh, taking place on July the 23rd and 25th. And it'll be exclusively for sale through the DKE Toys website. Oh, sure. But pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, something different for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's color. It's not black and white, which is great <laughs> before you before you all start. Um, and it's tangible, isn't it? It's physical. I can touch it, and and it looks it, awesome. Yeah, it does. Oh, just, have you seen it, horse? Oh, buddy, I'm all about it. I love He Man. And Star Wars, so it's right up my alley. Excellent, excellent. Well, we've got some, uh, we've got some more He-Man Star Wars stuff on the way. Oh, that's what I like to hear. One, uh, one of which may be related to a character that we both really like. Oh, oh <laughs> me like this, uh, Captain Tarpaul. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Cool. So yeah, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into bootleg toys, um, obviously it's not official. It's not an it's not a Hasbro thing. It's it's a bootleg. It's an art. It's an art toy. It's 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 a one off. Well, who a likes designer Hasbro? toy? Who likes Hasbro? Yeah. Anyway, they call it. <laughs> yeah, designer. Yeah. yeah. 
So, well, Ace. My question, my question is for yes? Chris. Yes. Um, so if it's coming out next July. No, this Is July. it next year's July? July? No, this, this July. Year. Oh, this a couple July. of okay. couple of it's 23rd, I think it'll be available from. Oh my god. That's going to be amazing. And that's only it's just for that event. Everything else you're just going to see on eBay for 500 times the price afterwards. I don't know. It's the first time I've dipped my toe in this in this bootleg art toy world, so we'll see. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, it don't mean nothing to me. I've got my got my. I'll got speak my, from experience. Yeah. I've got a couple of DKE figures. I don't know if they were done in association with for the love of old toys, but they uh, they go up in value on the secondary market quite a bit. And yeah. what have you what have you got, Hoss? I've got a hip hop trooper. You know the guy. Uh, that, yes, nice, nice. Who I did got that? a hip hop trooper. I can't. Well, it was put out by DKE. I don't know who right. the artist that actually did the toy is. Yeah, the, the actual figure. Um, and that thing sells for like four hundred bucks on eBay now. Wow. Ooh. Too bad Kev yeah. isn't on right now. He'd be jizzing his pants. <laughs> <laughs> how much? Do you know how much this is retail going to go for, Christopher? I don't, mate. No, I don't. It's uh. a double. Like, these things. Like, these things are quite expensive. They're more mm-hmm. than your your average figure. Yeah, for me, instance, that that hip hop trooper I got, which is three and three quarter scale, so you know your yeah. your classic Star Wars scale of figure, was seventy dollars. Sweet, gotcha. And it was a and limited edition of like fifty or something like that. Yeah, I think there's thirty of thirty of these double packs. Yeah. Um, Ooh. So I've because when I first told Kev about this, you know what Kev's like is right. <laughs> Screw Ginny. You gonna get me one for free? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheap break. When I st- when I first like introduced Kev to this world of bootleg and art toys, he was um, fucking hell, mate. They're a bit expensive. These are, aren't they? And then <laughs> and then I had to like explain to him. I was like, you've got to think about it. these are made by people that they they probably it's, it's not their full time job. No, um, they're they're doing it in the garage. There's like they're the only people like it's the production cost. Do you know what I mean? They're not massive entities, mm-hmm. and they're not they're not coming down on a production line. It takes hours and hours of time and craft to put into the, making these. Yeah, things, and, so. and that's why the the print runs are so low is because it takes. Yeah, and then yeah. you know if it's a painted figure, that's hand painted. You know, mm. like it, there's a lot of work that go into these custom toys. It's time, man. I mean, people wonder why you spend so much money on a on a painting or a hand pa- uh, a handmade sculpture or you know a painted figure for any number of reasons. Like, oh, it's just a hunk of plastic with some paint on. It's like it's more than that. It's like time, passion, like someone's skill and like heart went into this thing for countless dozens and dozens and dozens of hours. Like can't put a time you can't put a price tag on that i mean you do exactly you know, yeah put a big goddamn exactly. price tag on that yeah so it's pretty cool i'm excited um yeah got some uh it's gonna be a fun few months yeah. well i know i'm gonna be trying to grab one so oh yeah sweet me too i will let you know how successful or unsuccessful i am but when that other one comes out, I'll, I'll employ a bot or something like I'm trying to buy a PC graphics card <laughs> to get bot. that one. Yeah, that will be that will be like um, just through the guy's website. It won't be through DKE, so it's cool. not. It's not. Cool. It's just yeah. And I'll let I'll let you know, mate. Don't worry. 
Oh, the inside drop of when it's going to drop. Heard. Yeah, I won't. I won't hey, let. Kev, hey. I, won't, I won't let. I won't let Kev know, but I'll let Horst mm-hmm. Burkhart know. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, let me yeah, just yeah. get one place in line in front of Kev. All right. <laughs> all right. Just one you know, Kev's going to buy like five, six, seven, eight of them. There's yep. only thirty of them, but it'll probably be like fifteen. <laughs> Throw them on eBay for five times the price. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. too. Cheap brick. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So that's just me. That's an excellent week in Star Wars, dude. That is awesome. Oh, I can't wait to hear uh, how, how more more comes from that. Ed, yeah. what do you got for your week in Star Wars? Can you uh, do better than that? Probably no, not. no way. Uh, but <laughs> a little something happened. I I I I took a hiatus from reading for a little bit. Um, actually, because I got into miniatures, mm-hmm. uh, BattleTech, and um, yeah, I started painting. You know, YouTube's a great resource uh, to to uh, you are yeah. speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, and I've gotten like I I have like twelve mechs for this BattleTech game, and I've gotten better every one. And I keep sending pictures to the guys, and Chris seems impressed, so that's a good thing, right? Because he's hey, you, you uh, should it's be really good, man. <laughs> you should be posting these. I love a buddy of mine. Ben is a full time like miniature painter. Yeah. And he does nice. amazing work. And I'm always trying to retweet his stuff on Twitter. And uh, I've learned quite a few things from him with doing my own miniature stuff. Yeah. Nice. It's, and, you know, I got my side eye on Legion. But I I, I don't want to, like, dive cool. into that uh, pool. Dude. dude. You're, aren't I you have, still in Imperial Assault? Yeah. I, 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 have, I only painted half of them on Imperial Assault. but <laughs> I have a bunch of bunch of unpainted legion stuff that i need to get to it's it's fun and you know what goes hand in hand with painting miniatures editing podcasts boom i can sit there and edit while i paint they listen oh. you can still listen right while right. you're doing all that stuff yeah <laughs> works really well for me for me anyway moving on from that i got back into reading again because i got to finish this uh, Test of Courage book I got from Justino Ireland. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a little over halfway through it. I've already talked about it a little bit because I started it and they just uh, landed on a planet with a bunch of weird trees on it. So we shall see. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that goes. Uh, that's an anticipation for the book I just got today. Kevin Scott's Which new. Rising Storm, boom! Love that cover image. Second book after. Look at the back. The back says, "For light and life." Nice. Love it. Ooh. Uh, that's the sequel to Light of the Jedi, which I think Kev has still not read. That and owns it. I wish I could give him shit right now for it, but he's not here. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna start. I'm back on the reading train. Back on the reading train. Was that for Light and Life? Yeah, for light and life. That reminded me uh, when I got um, Jason Isaac's autograph. Uh, he's his signature was love and light, or with love and light, or something like oh, that. Oh, nice, huh. Jay Isaacs. Wicked cool guy. On the uh, like, picture, Tavington, you-, you prick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what Ed? On the picture you brought in, right? Oh yeah, yeah. so. This is beautiful, Haas. The picture I brought to the Star Wars convention, the only photo I brought to get autographed to Chicago, Star Wars, a Star Trek 
photo and uh, signed by funny. Jason Isaacs because he was doing um, Captain um, Lorca. Oh my god, I can't, yeah, can't believe I Lorca. forgot it. Yep. Captain Lorca from Discovery. Because my brother's a super Star Trek fan, so I figured get one for him and get one for myself as well. And I printed out this really nice high res photo. They had the same photo there, but the one I have was like printed way, way better. Mm. I was like, "What kind of printers using these things? What kind of inkjet you got back there? That is money we're spending on these things. Give me the nice quality paper." Yeah, they money pinch over there. Oh, they do. But hey, you know, I mean, they got to get every dollar they can for these people for their, you know, I mean, this is their, this is their gig, you know. They they go to the conventions. They meet the people, meet the fans, and respect it. But yeah, cool guy to meet. Definitely better than Julian Glover, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, really? Much, much more uh, uh, warm experience. Yeah, I, 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 you know what's weird is uh, Jesse and I were talking about experiences like that last night, and how everybody we've met was really nice. Mark Hamill was really tired, but still nice. Mm. Unfortunately, Billy D. D- Billy D. Williams, not that nice. Yeah, well, <laughs> not that nice. We we have our own experience of Billy D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was nice, but I I also <clears throat> got to give him some credit because this was right around the time they announced the Disney buyout. So before we oh. knew any of the cast, before mm-hmm. we knew any sort of title director. And I met him at this con, and so immediately I'm like, are you going to be in the new Star Wars? Can you tell me if you're going to be in the new Star Wars, Mr. Williams? After a hundred other people already asked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was probably not presenting the best version of myself to get a good reaction from Billy D. Williams, to be honest. He should, is, is, so was his taped response was like, yeah, if they fucking pay me some more money, I will. Sure. And, well, no, you know what he started telling me instead about how, well, I think I'm going to be on Dancing with the Stars. There's a pretty good offer out there for me to be oh. on Dancing with the Stars. And did I was you like, see any of that? Oh, I, yeah. It yeah, I did. Bad. Just bad. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, Poor when we got our signature from him, he was yeah, moving a little slow. He was, he was struggling, I feel like. Yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, he's an older guy and he definitely, I think he has like knee problems or something like that. Um, cause when I met him, you know, he was using a cane and stuff and then he was talking about yeah. dancing with the stars and I was like, buddy, where does <laughs> yeah. the math make sense? Like, I love you more than anything, Billy D, but like, that's like me saying I'm going on dancing with the stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, they, they played the worst music for it too. They did. It was like some like, Popped out version of Star of the Star Wars thing, and he's moving at like half tempo with that smile. It's kind of like rotating, and it's like, oh, my wife is a huge Dancing with the Stars fan, and I I like sub watch it just through her, and uh, yeah. goes on and go on, and she's like, do you know Billy D's on that? I'm like, oh god, but, first reaction, yeah. oh god, <laughs> oh god. Bob Meyer and Billy D, but Ed, sorry, don't mean to hijack your week in Star Wars. No, nah, like dude, Ted that's does, it. That's my somebody week. had to. I got a book. All right, I read. Started reading again. You got a book. <laughs> Start reading again. Good man. Good man. Well, Haas, why don't you tell us about your week in Star Wars? <laughs> so I actually also started reading again this week. Hell um, yeah! Two out of three. All right. Ain't so me. I 
when the High Republic stuff started, I tore through Light of the Jedi in a test of courage. And my plan was like, oh, I'm going to stay so caught up on all this stuff. I'm not going to fall behind. And I fell way behind really fast. <laughs> so this week I restarted Into the Dark. Yes. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, mm, it's a good and, one. Because I started it and then with an audio book, like if I don't, if I take too long of a break, I'll totally forget what was going on. So I just restarted it. And I also got caught up on the High Republic comics <laughs> from Marvel. And those are really cool. And the artwork's really nice. I'm really digging that. Nice. Yeah, I made I made a huge decision to step out of the comics because time, you know? Yeah. There's a lot going on in the comics. And I was just like, man, I'll just like hear about it in the news and I'm fine with that. Or Kev, you know Kev is think- somehow staying up on it, maybe. I don't know, but... I think my plan with the comics is to just pick up the hardback collections for the yes. High Republic stuff. Cause you know, they'll put like 10 issues in a hardback and I can just read a couple of arcs that way instead of busting my ass to try and read them every week or whatever. It's so a I nicer think that's what I'm collection. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like those take up less space than dozens of long boxes filled with comics. Well, you can't see them. Like, I, I collected, uh, uh, I'm a big Blueberry fan. So I was collecting all the single issue comics of the Thrawn, uh, comic adaptation mm-hmm. of the novel. Um, super into it. But then at the end of it, it's just like, all right, I got these, like, you know, magazine paper, like all these things that now they're starting to fade and I have to, like, take care of them and stuff. I've never really collected comics ever. Oh, I'm okay. I'm scared to say. So I'm just like, what's going on? I'd much rather wait and buy the hardback so that like can slide real nice into that bookshelf you know yeah that's what i'm thinking as well mm. i'm not gonna lie you said blueberry and i was like wait what and so now, I'm, now uh, i know where you're going yeah, okay yeah, yeah, uh, yeah i gotta say though if you haven't checked out the high republic comics they're a good time and the artwork's really solid i might get into it yeah nice how else here we can star wars house um not i mean not a whole lot man like oh are you are you guys stoked for visions Oh, have y'all talked no. about that? Nope. We're, nope. Okay. Yeah, we're coming up. We're coming up. Okay, because we'll that's, okay. that's a big part of my week in Star Wars, so I'll save the rest for that. Nice. Cool, cool. Yeah, because that's going to be... <clears throat> we'll, cu- we'll capture that in the news sizzle for later on. I guess I'll go with my week in Star Wars. The only thing I'll really talk about somewhat at length right now is uh, I just finished Star Wars Victory's Price audio version the audiobook of this um i started this book what two months ago we first when i first got it i ordered it, it got here the day that it or a couple days after it released and i just had a really hard time getting into the book just not a lot of time work has been really beating on me for the last eight months or so and uh just haven't had a really time to read a book i like to buy the physical book haws and just like really make it my own like bend a few of the pages right in between the margins a little bit and just kind of neatly stack it in my shelf and pull it out every once in a while to annoy chris and um <laughs> that seems really it, all of a sudden i like i'll get up and it's like oh i got a reference for that and i'll go pull the book off and i just hear chris, i just hear chris in the back so oh, he's going for his fucking books again <laughs> <laughs> But um, all laughter aside, I, I I dare say Victory's Price, I, I finished reading it. It was a great, fucking great book. And I was coming up on the end of my subscription for audiobook, or Audible, excuse me. 
and I had like one credit left. I was like, you know, I'm gonna just get to get the I'm gonna get Victory's price and sign lock that out beforehand. And I am so glad that I did. Um, I know that there's a lot of debate between people who listen to audiobooks where they're putting too much music, sound effects, uh, too much, you know, cinematic, not cinematics, but you know what I mean, like a lot of extra stuff into into audiobooks now. But I felt that it really gave it a real like level of distinction that's that's really I've been missing in a lot of novels and books for the last, you know, however many years and stuff. And I guess the the reason why I really like this book and Truly, I think this is my favorite book right now of the new canon era and definitely top five wow. right now for overall. Yeah, Victory's Price. It asks the question that's never addressed ever. So, like, how do or did, like, Imperials reintegrate into the New Republic post-Endor, right? We get Darth Vader that flips to the light side, kills the Emperor. All right, that's awesome. And then he dies. We don't see ever, like, what happens afterwards. Same thing with Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. We see him come back to the light, help save Rey, destroy the Emperor. But we don't really see what happens afterwards. And nothing like that is really addressed in really any of the movies. You just kind of just see the remnants of it, but you don't see like what happened and, and like the, the sort of innocent, not innocent, but just normal bystanders and, and, and like pilots and stuff and the Imperials. That just kind of got caught up with it, and you know they believed, and this is the way, and this is where they're going. And do you guys know? So Operation Cinder, mm-hmm. you guys have read about that, right? Yep. Graphic yep. novel. Played it in uh, Infernal Squad, Infernal. Uh, excuse me, Battlefront Two, Infernal Squadron. They go into that here. So Shadowing, the two hundred four Shadowing, which is based off of like Baron Fell's one hundred eighty first. Uh, sort of the the amount of legend and and canonical legend legends that they give this thing. They have been going around and expunging these worlds from existence as part of Operation Cinder. Uh, Necronus, this place uh, called um, uh, Cadawa or Chadawa, they were going to. They were doing it Detroit, or they were is doing this, it. Is this, at, a, is this a thing where they like do the weather stuff on the planet? Yeah, they go to the poles and they like do something, or they you know drop a bunch of energy or bombs or something like that, and basically melt the poles and cause like just this massive like twenty twelve esque mm. kind of change to the planet, and just renders it inhabitable, and everybody on it dies. So they go through the feelings of like the Imperials who are still doing it, but they have nowhere else to go. Um, because they don't feel like they're going to get treated well in the New Republic, yet, you know, what else are they going to do? Um, I just felt like it was a really great, really great story development with the characters. I thought it was too much headcanon initially with the first two books, Alphabet Squadron and, and Shadowfall, but this one really, really kind of... Uh, just really humanize all the characters for you and you see them struggle with their decisions like listen i gotta look out for my friends and my co-pilots but this is the this is the order from the dead emperor through the messenger that he's given me right now so did you guys know spoiler alert there is a secret cache aka microsoft word document slash mission impossible knock list knock list style of vault on Coruscant that contains all the information of every single Imperial soldier or enlisted person, all of their like uh, demographic bio profiles, every decision they've done, every action they've made, 
Um, and you know, in the graphic comments or graphic comments, the graphic novelization with Operation Cinder, you have the Emperor's messenger. It's like the dude with the red cloak and the shield or the, that, that's the Emperor's face, or whatever. They download and they sift through these like millions and millions of files of information. That's what they use to identify the Imperial officers to go to and say, all right, based on this dude's record, he's sick enough to follow through with Operation Cinder if we order him to do it. Oh, like the guy in that episode of The Mandalorian. Yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah. They knew they they knew based on this guy's empire's psychological profile built on stuff that he did in the empire and stuff that he did outside of the empire, his family, his family's ties, whether his family's pro empire or anti empire, they know in this in this this psych profile that the emperor's messenger can go to this dude and be like, "I want you to go flick out that planet." He'll say, "Okay." So that's that's how the emperor's messengers. That's the database they used to mm. to just to send them all out. It's very interesting, like a really interesting plot twist and something that you know Palpatine would do. So you always think about the st- storehouses and stuff like that. Um, so I guess the, the the only key part about this is one of the main antagonists, Soren Keys. He's the leader of the 204th. His ultimate goal is to go to Coruscant and destroy this vault of information so that after he's done with Operation Cinder, his pilots can just disappear and go free. Because if the New Republic oh, gains they- hold of that information... They're going to hunt them down mm-hmm. for all eternity, similar to, like, you can imagine, like, a historical parallel to it, like, Nazi Germany post-World War II, when they were hunting down, like, every guard, every accountant, every person who had some kind of oh, yeah. participation in it. And this, and this, this document of information says it with, well, you were an accountant at this really bad, awful place and you knew what was going on there. You did nothing, so we can now prosecute that for you. We can now prosecute you for it. So, yep. very interesting, like, kind of another way that the Emperor, you know, used used that information he had just to maintain control over the people that were under him. Leverage. So, it's all about leverage. leverage. Leverage to make sure even the people who are still kind of good, like our main semi-antagonist, Erica Quell, realized that what she was doing was wrong, but felt that she was so far beyond repentance that she just kept doing bad because there was nothing else to do. It's a real Jimmy. real crazy head game. What's up, Chris? Jimmy, I love yeah. you, mate. I, I really do. But this is like some kind of double <laughs> torture you've got me under. Dropping all this book, book jazz on me while, while this... We're in extra time here, mate. It's going to go to penalties any minute. <laughs> well, right now we're at 109.44. It's 1-1. Uh, England has the ball crossing the center line, kicks it forward. I got the side-by-side right here. <laughs> Ultimately, Palpatine was a bad, sick motherfucker. I highly recommend everybody reads this book. It's just a really great deep dive into just like the char- more characters behind um, the bad guys. Also, another view at the Battle of Jakku. We've had now like four different instances where we're reading about the Battle of Jakku. We see it at Empire's End in the Aftermath trilogy. We now see it here. Nice. Battlefront 2. Uh, what was the third one? There's another one where we had some kind of Battle of Jakku in a video game or a book or a TV show or, or something like that. But it's a lot of crazy shit. They're really like making Battle of Jakku like this is a big deal that happened after yeah. Endor. So, Yeah, well, it was the big climax to 
the emperor is like everyone who was involved in the failure should be dead. Well, you don't get that vibe from here. If you're just reading Alphabet Squadron, you're just seeing like, oh, this is the final battle. The Empire is gone. If you've read Empire's End, you're like, oh, Gallius Rax is back there pulling all the strings. And this is like the this is like the fake out to destroy the fleet so that the super loyal crazy Imperials can run away. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Multiple viewpoints on it. But anyways, that's my week in Star Wars. I really enjoyed reading this book. Um, that was intense. That was intense. I felt like I just learned a whole lot. Like in Dude, a good way. But in an intense good way. It's it's you know, just seeing Chris's face just fills me with a lot of anxiety and it was like, oh I gotta rush through this so I can get the good parts out. But no, it's, no, uh, it's really good, man. There's a lot of information. That was actually good. good. That was good. I like that. Thank you. I read the first Alphabet Squadron book and I kind of third one's stopped. the best. Yeah, I would say three, one, two, order of the best. Oh, by the way, Chis Brosnan's on this one. I'm going with nine four. Nine point four. What? That's yeah, nine four. Wow. Nine nine point four. Chis Brosnan. Just so you know, Haas, I rank all of the books I have on a one to ten Chis Brosnan Chis Brosnan scale, um, because of the Chis Brosnan that was unveiled in uh, Chicago. I have a print of that entire mural, and it cracks me up every time. <laughs> oh God! When they, when they unveiled it, was it was Chicago, right? Yeah, 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 it was yeah Chicago, yeah. not Atlanta. When they unveiled it, I just walked up there and I just looked at it like an idiot. I just dumbfounded. Like that's yeah. fucking Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, it is. Definitely what, is. What this isn't like some secret reveal. Somebody fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> It does give me a good chuckle. So yes, nine point four Chis Brosnan's Star Wars Victory's Price, my favorite book of the new canon. Nice. 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 Good to hear. Good to hear. Um I I lean towards force involved stories because I like that stuff, the fantasy. Yeah, that's kind of the way I go too. Yeah. That's why I like fair, the high republic fair. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I um I lead towards things without words that I have to read, so <laughs> I mean that's black and white. Oh, That's true, shit. Man. oh shit! You know, the fuck more do you want from me? Please. <laughs> Damn, Jimmy, have I you been holding saw, on to that one for like? I just saw a top ten anime betrayal live and in person. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Happens every episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to it. Should we move on to our segment? Be more Yoda. Sure. <sighs> Yeah. So this is a segment where we take a page from the book, Be More Yoda, written by Christian Blovelt. Read it, we talk about it, relate to it, and try to improve our lives with it. So, here we go. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? Uh, you want to tell Haas why we use that music? Just so he's... Uh, I don't even know how it started, but somehow yeah. we did an episode where me and Kev ended up doing Yoda impressions as Bob Dylan. So <laughs> this thing's just like happened. Use the force! <laughs> Use the force, Luke! <laughs> so every time we we have to have a little Bob Dylan thing that come in and we just you know just 
Now, every time you think of Bob Dylan, think of Yoda. Yep. Maybe. It, that is definitely going to happen, I can tell already. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. If this chapter's about keeping your anxiety and nerves in check while important things are happening around you, then it's going to be too spooky. No, it's not. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. Still important information. We're in the chapter Overcoming Obstacles, and this page is entitled Believe in Your Abilities. Okay. A healthy dose of skepticism is good, but doubting yourself is self-defeating. You might not have all the answers, but you might not need them right now. Believe that with calm, applied effort, a solution will present itself. Whether you are choosing which university university to apply to, what job you should accept, or proving to your mentor and yourself that you are truly Jedi material, quitting sure. the frustration is never the answer. And the quote is from Yoda himself. Always with you, it cannot be done. Hear you nothing that I say? Nice. Very... Um, inspirational. Inspirational. Very apt. These books are always for me, aren't they? You're, you're, you're directing these always at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good one. Yeah, well, Something that I definitely should um, bear in mind on a daily basis. Well, I was thinking, you know, every single one of these, and what's really great about these Be More Yoda, Be More Leia, Be More Han, uh, books that we've read, someday we'll read, someday may never read, is that you can apply these lessons to day-to-day life. Like, I'm looking at this game right now, and I don't doubt that England can score right now, but I have a healthy healthy amount of skepticism that they can, like, pull it off, and it may have to go to a penalty kickout right now. Shootout. What do, what do you guys call it? It can't, you can't do tight games here, right? Yeah, shootout. No. Sorry. It's going to be exciting. It'll be great. It's not. It'll be great. Uh, if, if, we, if it goes to penalties, I'm probably going to just fucking curl one out on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Whippy. It'll just... My stomach will just force one out, so... <laughs> I'll have to run off. Well, I'll hey, to, to if that doesn't get you guys a couple extra downloads... <laughs> I don't want a podcast yeah. anymore, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Tune in this week. Chris all shits himself live on there. Yeah. yeah, if, if my buddy Chris has an anxiety dookie <laughs> on a video call on a podcast, we know Ed's not editing that out. Of course not. And, you, and you can't blame him. It's gold. <laughs> it is gold. You know us. <laughs> it's a gold of a sort. <laughs> All right. Um, so next, we're gonna do our "Are You Kidding Me?" segment, which is where we have you have you been a part of an "Are You Kidding Me?" yet, Haas? On the last one, was that, I, don't I don't believe I was. Okay, we didn't even have it invented back then. Uh, yeah, oh. I think back then you guys were still on Be More Lando. Well, we were. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Be More Lando, <laughs> and we may have cut out. Are you kidding me? If you didn't have one or whatever, I, I have one for this week, which is pretty cool. Um, so are you kidding me is a segment where we take anything in Star Wars that makes one say Are you kidding me? Volume should yeah. be better, so let's let's fucking let's fucking do it. Are you kidding me? A surprise, to be sure. But it will come up. So I was like perusing Twitter recently. 
You guys uh, watch the uh, new Loki? Yes. TV yes. series? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, here and there. Here and there. So there's actually a link. A little link that I found with the Loki and Star Wars. Um, it surprised me. It's pretty cool. Do you know the episode... This might be a spoiler for some, but fuck it. Where you see the young... The young... Um, What's her name? The girl, Loki. What's her name? Sylvie? Sylvie, yes. Sylvie. The young Sylvie. Like, girl. Mm -hmm. Young girl Mm -hmm. Sylvie in Loki. She, the actress that plays her, is the same actress that plays Kid Ray in The Force of Awakens. Ah. Yep. Oh, and those those flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, same. Oh. I was like looking at her face. I saw it on Twitter. Um, a guy this is from at Jordan Mason, Maison, M A I S O N, if you're French, Maison, house, Maison. Um, I got <laughs> He showed the side by side picture. I can see it. I can see it. It's obviously grown, more grown up now, but. Um, I was like, whoa, holy shit. Another little connection. I'm glad she's still getting some work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, kids, you know, uh, they they get thrown in movies and then they're gone, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy she's still going. That's good. Yeah. Hey, good careers. Making money. Yeah. So, Ray is Loki. Done. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Is that what it's going to be? The Ray variant, love it. Is that is that Kev's next theory? <laughs> it's, oh, it really wasn't Palpatine's daughter, granddaughter after all. Be some kind of like there's gonna be some weird fucking MCU crossover shit happening. Maybe Anywhere that might actually that might actually get me to pull the ejector seat. Like Same. I don't need that happen. <laughs> Who that I might know, be right? Right? Like what the fuck? <laughs> If I see if I see that goddamn raccoon fucking show up in Star Wars, I'm out of here. <laughs> yep, that'd be weird. I do not want that. Um, so yeah, that's. Are you kidding me? Are we ready for news, Chris? Sure. I'll do my best, mate. I'll do my best. Fucking hell, this is tense. <laughs> <laughs> right, Hawes Hawes mentioned it. Visions. We got his first sneak peek at Vision. So we've talked about this before. Uh, this is one of the projects that Kathy dumped on us when she offloaded that awesome batch of info at the uh, Disney, whatever that day was, investors thing. Um, so yeah, we got our first sneak peek this week uh, during the Anime Expo Light. Disney Plus announced. Um, what all the episodes were and gave us a little sizzle reel. And do you know what? I'm pretty fucking excited about this. Sure. Yeah. It's it's looking really yeah. good. It's looking good. This looks... Mate, uh, this is a Trend Ocean with a shirt off and a fucking dog inside a probe droid. Mm-hmm. Well, sign me up, mate. Take my money. I don't need... <laughs> Unbelievable. So we're getting nine uh, episodes... And they're all landing on Disney Plus on the 22nd of September. So they're just, just a big dump. Like they're going to, it's not a weekly rollout. It's all in one go. 
and each one has been done by a separate studio. Am I right in thinking that? I think a couple oh. studios did more than one. Yes, there's seven studios seven altogether. Studios. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So I'm not going to go through them all like individually. Um, I'm presuming we've all seen the little sizzle reel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything anything that jumped out to you guys that you're excited about? Uh, I'm, I'm just excited about this in general because yeah. this is kind of the direction I've been wanting to see Star Wars animation go in for a little while. I feel like Will and I have been talking about the idea of anime Star Wars since the first episode of Blue Harvest, like as being something we'd like to see. So this is, I'm very excited about this and particularly out of the shorts, I'd say the two right now that I'm most excited for are the ninth Jedi and the duel are the two that I'm most excited for right now. Well, ever since we saw that, like, TIE Fighter anime thing that a fan mm-hmm. made, it's yep. just been like, come on, fucking make something like that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. When you, what year did that come out? Oh. Ooh. Oh, 2013 or 2014, something like that? Yeah, it's pre-Disney, that, isn't it? Yeah. That's a TIE Fighter uh, short, tim, short film. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ota King, 77077. Six years ago, 12 million views. Wow! See, I'm I'm of the mindset you are, Haas, on this. I'm surprised this hasn't come out earlier. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they would have gotten on this train a couple years ago. The Japanese influence on Star Wars is so ingrained as it is. You know, with uh, George Lucas being such a big fan of Akira uh, Kurosawa, right? Yeah. So, for them to do this sort of full circle thing like that i think is really cool so alongside this we've got the um they've announced a tie-in novel um which looks pretty pretty awesome the artwork on the cover looks phenomenal this guy looks like such a dude um so star wars visions it's called ronin right yeah ed have you got the link in the thing yeah 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 it's Ronin by Emma Miko Candon. Yeah, yeah, sorry, dude. Can you? I just can't concentrate at all, mate. Can you? Can you read through the article on? Because it's it's a really little nifty little article. It's it'll expand on the world of the duel, yeah. telling the story of a former unnamed Sith known only as Ronin, a wandering samurai. I mean, we know what Ronin is, right? As he travels the galaxy, um, wow. And the 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 cover photo looks like a samurai, essentially. Like he's pulling it out of a holster. Like look at that holster. What the fuck is that? See, the lightsaber is just always on. It appears. Yeah, is yeah. it always on? Looks yeah, it's like kind it. of what Will and I were speculating this week on the show is that it he has to keep it in like a sheath or a scabbard because it doesn't have the ability to be turned off like your traditional lightsaber. Because this is however many thousands and thousands of years ago. And this is exciting. Yeah, I, oh, I can't wait. Doesn't it make you wish you could do uh, Ghosts of uh, Tsushima? Yeah, Star again? Wars. With a Star Wars. Wars. This is going to be have, a mod. Um, can they mod it? Well, there's a. They're putting out a new version of Ghost of Tsushima in August. 
that's adding a new island and some new mm-hmm. story stuff and some PS5 upgrades. So mm-hmm. I'll probably be going back to Ghost of Tsushima again. Nice. Nice. Because it would be really <laughs> be cool to have someone mod it and, you know, all of a sudden you're just whipping around this red lightsaber the whole time. Yeah. <coughs> Agreed. That'd be super cool. The Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire, it also says in the article, which is cool. There's talk about a Sith rebellion far on the edge of the Outer Rim. This one former Sith wanders. Accompanied only by a faithful droid and a ghost of a less civilized age. So he's got the real rough and tough evil version of Obi-Wan kind of creeping in his ear at night. This looks really cool, and I see why you're all about the duel. Yeah, because it's it's the one that ties into this book. It's I believe the same character is in the animated short, and this sort of just expands on that character, right? Yeah, yep. <clears throat> and um, the idea that he was a Jedi, the Sith Rebellion happens, he joins the Sith, and then once the Sith are defeated, he just starts wandering the galaxy like a samurai ronin like whoo whoo that's yeah, i love that's, it i'm excited it's rich it's rich man that is cool i mean if that's what the lightsaber is like god damn what what's the ship like oh jimmy. what's hyperspace travel like what is space travel like jimmy dice yeah like when because like, it's like, when when does it take place you said it doesn't really. Yeah, and look, you know, we we know the vision stuff isn't canon, right? True. We shouldn't we shouldn't go into this Ronin book looking for like a lot of hard canon details. You might just want to strap in and enjoy the ride on this one. Yeah, because you know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like official canon stuff. So, but yeah. it'll entertain. Us, I mean, and it looks really entertaining. I mean, oh, if, his guy, yeah. if his lightsaber has to have a sheath for it because it can't turn mm-hmm. off, I just make pretend it's, you know, a hundred thousand years ago and it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you know it's I mean? easy like, enough. That, just put it, it's, it's so far back out there that it's easy just to disconnect it from, from, uh, whatever headcanon that you could even possibly put it through. Uh, it looks so badass. And Sweet. again, you know, bring, bring in more of, uh, bring in more of this anime. I, I have, uh, well, the, uh, Lost Stars, they did a, um, uh, Isaku Komiyama. Yeah. Manga adaption. Yeah. I got them and they're so cool. Is that good? Another I, great book. I can't okay. wait for the High Republic manga that's coming out. I'm really oh, they have one coming them. after. Oh God, mm-hmm. I gotta yeah. get that. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna have to start collecting it. These guys keep collecting all the toys and everything else, and at least I can do is collect books, more books, and yeah. more books. <laughs> uh, next in news, Chris has left because he's. They're going into like. Hey man, he's got national responsibility. Going, I think everybody understands. Yeah, they're going into penalty kicks or yeah. black kickoff shootout, whatever the hell they call Definitely it over there. Soccer. Understandable. Uh, this is from Express. Oh. Italy gets one in. Oh Sorry, shit! Go on. Okay, uh, this is from Express. Uh, tomorrow, Morrison talked about directors for the book of Boba Fett. And it's a, it's, it's not like super surprising, but it's kind of cool to know, right? So we he confirmed that we got some directors on board, including Robert Rodriguez, which we knew. Favreau's going to direct one, which is cool. 
We're not surprised. Like, he's obviously around. That's cool. Bryce Dallas Howard. She's doing one. That's cool. And Dave Filoni. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. A lot of the directors from The Mandalorian, probably ones that are based in that area, especially given the circumstances that this was filmed under, you know, pandemic times. So it makes a lot of sense that, especially if this is going to be sort of a bridge between Mandalorian season two and three, which I think it will be, um, makes a lot of sense to bring. I I, I just wish, I was just going to say, I wish or hope they found a way to get uh, Rick Famayua on board to direct an episode. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. Yeah. They all did a really good job. I I mean, do you think, do you think we're going to see a lot of character overlap? Mandalorian. I mean, we got to see a little bit, right? But do you think we'll see a lot? Uh, so look, he's How on delicate Tatooine. Is that balance going to be right? He's on Tatooine. Cobb Vanth is probably a shoe in. Something Ooh. tells me he's going to run into Cobb Vanth. Yeah. He's Maybe on that's Tatooine. how they bring him back in. Uh, I would be willing to put money down that Din Djarin does show up at some point, maybe at the end. And he ropes Boba into whatever the season three adventure is. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe he shows up and he's like, hey, I mean, need your help. And then I found they're the off. Yeah, they're off to Mandalorian season three. I mean, there might, there might be like a... Um, I've always said there's a cool way to tell a story where you have a, a someone that's writing a book. And they're interviewing the person. And the person tells about stories in the in the past. And that's a cool, like, start, like, a format for, for a show. This is called Book of Boba Fett. So, like, you can kind of see where that's going. But then, mm-hmm. but then, like, you, then it kind of evolves and there's a current timeline story going on with the author of the book tagging along with the character he's interviewing. But then there's, st- he's still writing the book in the past. So it's like goes back and forth. I think that could be a cool format for a show i don't know so i think at the very least we're going to get ah! oh no <laughs> he ju- it just happened he just he just cocked a duty you, you guys did you hear that oh i heard that <laughs> um yeah uh yeah italy three two. Oh, oh that sucks oh well, i i think this that's that's just the current kick out i think there's some more kickoffs going uh, more uh, shootouts going right now currently it's three two england is down one a couple more kicks left <laughs> don't worry about it yeah i i, I think i think i think boba fett's gonna be because because it's called the book mm-hmm. of boba fett so i think there's gonna be a like a bibliography kind of thing going on, you know, autobiography, whatever you fucking call it. Yeah, I think we're going to see, at the very least, we're going to see some history stuff. Like, we'll see him escape the Sarlacc, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. The way they're, they're bird-dogging this, Cad Bane has the metal plate in his head. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see something with Cad Bane, you know, which oh, would be really mm-hmm. cool. I would love it. Mm-hmm. Emily Lynn would love it. Yeah, we were everybody all, would love it. We we'd all love Cad Bane live action. Ah! <laughs> okay, everybody, calm down. We're fine. We're fine. England deflected a shot. England's coming up to take another shot right now. Sorry, we're play by play here. Number nice. eleven nice. steps up. Wow, this is getting tight. This is a good tie at three three. Number twenty five kicks it. Deflected. Still three two. 
Italy. Um, do you think, I mean, rather than getting like these black backflashes, like, you know, like we don't even want those kind of backflashes in Boca Boba, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it would be kind of because they're, they may be doing it in the, um, they may be doing it in the, um, yep, that's the final. Italy, 3 2. England did not win. That sucks. Oh, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, number 25, he hit one, and it was a clear shot into the goal, but he hit it too far wide left, and then it bounced off the pole. Otherwise, we would tied it 3 3. Now, we're just, just going to mention that here now and see if Chris comes back. So, yeah, anyways, you may not. Rather than doing the flashback like they're going to be definitely doing in Kenobi, do you think that'd be too many flashbacks? I don't know, man. I feel like they've opened up the Star Wars door to flashbacks because it used to be something they never did, right? Right. Then you get they. Then they're like, "Ooh, here's a Force flashback in uh, the Force Awakens," and then mm-hmm. now we just get full on flashbacks. So, yeah. like, I could see a situation where maybe we get some Rise of Skywalker style flashbacks with uh boba fett narrating over the top of it you know the scene where luke and leia are training yeah yep and luke's telling her the story telling ray the story about uh the night that leia stopped training Uh, i could see maybe them taking that approach for a couple of these things quick easy don't have to show Mm -hmm. a lot of detail low light god i wish i had more of that young luke and young leia (laughs) so i have have a i have a question so like he Tamar Morrison's like throughout these directors, and um, one of them to me sticks out. What, uh, Dave Filoni, when he mentions he's directing an episode, what what character do you think of when uh, you see Dave Filoni might be directing an episode? Do you think I mean, she will be in it. Uh, look, depending <laughs> on how far out the Ahsoka show is, right? They're going to bring her up again before we just see her in that show. They're going to want to remind the regular viewers that aren't turning into podcasts and reading all the books and spending thousands of dollars on figures. So we're going to see Ahsoka (laughs) because, like, we have no indication of when that starts filming. We know Cassian's filming now. We know Cassian and Obi-Wan are filming. Yep. That mandalorian is going to be kicking up soonish that acolyte is going to start filming like at the beginning of next year so depending on when ahsoka starts filming i think they will bring her i don't know that boba fett is the place though it might be um yeah and well she had such a prominent episode in the mandalorian mm -hmm. that's why i think they might do it because I was wondering if maybe we would see her in Mandalorian season three. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then that, that's probably going to release closer to Ahsoka releasing Mandalorian season three. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. It it would be cool if she showed up, but like you mentioned, it's kind of this book of Boba Fett might be like a bridging. Yeah. That's bringing in a thing. So like, it could be a way to pull Ahsoka like, okay, we're coming out with this another series again, Mm -hmm. reminding you, this chick, Soka, she's going to be involved big time. Yeah, they're definitely going to remind you of that at some point before her show. Yeah, but you don't you don't see Ahsoka have any relation with Boba. 
yeah. really at all True. in Clone Wars, though. So there's yeah, no, there's no uh, early connection. My like hearing Filoni be involved is where I wonder if it's Cad Bane, right? Like if Ooh, maybe Cad yeah. Bane will show up in that episode, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Filoni can just do anything, really. He's the master. So master, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, Chris, just I can see it on his face. We've seen it. We've heard it. That's a tough beat, buddy. I'm sorry. I've been there. Yeah, (laughs) it's all good. I didn't put my microphone on mute, did I? Sorry. Oh no, it was great. It was great. We heard it throughout. Yeah, Yeah. we heard some yips and yelps and sorry, wookie tears. Yeah. So uh, let's transition on to Bad Batch. Ed, you got you want to talk about this one, this latest episode, this 20 minute. Well, let me, let me um let me play their theme music. How's it? Oh, heard please, our, yeah, yeah, yeah. The theme music no, that hasn't. I spent ten minutes to make. Trick <laughs> uh-huh. question. You're <laughs> in it now. Here we go. Helmet. Helmet. Clones. I sound so enthusiastic. You can't say that we're not completely unprofessional around here. It's beautiful. I want that on like a a special colored picture disc vinyl. Yes. Yes. Oz knows this. That'd be good. Yep. Um, So we had two episodes since we last talked, and the first one is called Common Ground. Um, And what we normally do, Oz, we just talk about things. Like, I, I lead it, and I just bring up stuff. That I'm not going to go through the entire episode, because people have right. seen it. Like, whatever. Um, first thing I want to bring up. First thing. Common ground. There's an actor... There's a voice actor for a senator, Avi Singh, in this episode. Jimmy, did you catch on to this? Who's the voice actor for that senator? Do you know? For the senator that they have to rescue yeah. through Sid, yeah. who turns out to be pretty good girl, I think. Yeah, she's good. Um, I don't know who that is. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, this is an are you fucking kidding? Are you kidding me? Yeah. What the fuck? All right. Well, I'll tell you right now, Jimmy. The voice actor for Avi Singh is. I refuse to be your puppet. Who is that? I, I recognize it, but it's I don't. The know. actor for Bashir in DS9. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh my god, you're right! Alexander Siddig. Siddig. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, oh my god, this is great. That means there's a chance I can meet this motherfucker in person if I go to another convention. There you though. go. Great. Great. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyways. I thought you'd be all over that, Jimmy. I guess you didn't. I, I, I'm actually really happy you didn't know that because I could enlighten you. On air, you won up, you won over me. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's like five episodes in a row with DS Nine mentions. Yep, DS Nine is awesome. I'm still watching it, by the way, loving it. I've, I've been doing. Um, I don't know if you like DS Nine Haas, but I've been doing a marathon watch. Not really a marathon, but I do mm-hmm. like. That's probably my favorite of the Star Trek shows that I've mm-hmm. seen. I'm, I'm not complete on that. Like, I think DS Nine is the last one that I've seen all of. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it sticks with you and you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up watching that with my dad. My dad's a big Star Trek guy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ronald D. Moore did Battlestar Galactica. That's where he cut his teeth on. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I, I've been loving it. I've been loving it. I hit season three, so I'm I'm getting into like where they have money and doing stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's getting really good. All right. Um. So yeah, episode ten of the Bad Batch called Common Ground. We get the senator. It's more of just the empire taking over. This is, this is like what you were talking about, Jimmy. Where we don't have a lot of content after Endor. This now they're giving us content after Palpatine wins the war. After Order over 66. the separatists. So this is a lot of just like what's happening to the galaxy with separatists gone and the empire with their clones taking over. Um, so this is just more of that. Subjugating planets, oppressing them. Sid is there providing stuff for the Bad Bash to do and having some sweet nicknames, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Knuckles. That's my favorite one. But what did she call Hunter? Uh, bandana. 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 That's right. That was another one. I heard that. I was like, oh, man, come on. Now she's got to do one for all of them now. Well, Omega's tiny, right? So That's right. Tiny. <laughs> I, I did like that everything everything for the Bad Batch, like, you know, they went through the war fighting the Separatists and droids and stuff, and everything's just kind of flipped. Now it's like trying times. So, you know, they're they're doing what they can to get money, and they're helping, they're now helping their former enemy. Yeah, that was my favorite part of this episode, right? Was this, they spent years fighting the Separatists, and now the galaxy's been turned on yeah. its head and all of a sudden they're helping the separatists but like mm-hmm. not willingly at first you know but if they would just hang out for a second they'll realize that this former separatist separatist planet has the same goals as they do they don't like the empire either agreed right yep yeah and then when they land on that planet they're like well we're working for a droid what the fuck we just spent years fighting droids right yeah it's like it's totally flipped it's totally it's uh, well. It's very interesting. I mean, you see the imperial officer that's interrogating Doctor Bashir, and uh, now I can't unsee this. <laughs> but they're all very young. Same thing with that vice admiral or admiral, whatever his name is. You see with Grand Moff Tarkin in the early episodes of Bad Bash. They're all like super young. So this is the next generation, right? Uh, you know, portrayed so many other ways when they mentioned how old the clones are. But this is the new empire. Like this is the empire first class, super um, full of propaganda, scheming, brainwashed. A lot of scheming going on. You can just see yeah. it in their facial expressions and eyes and stuff. They just scheming. you can see it. She would definitely do some Operation Cinder shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. Uh, before I let you guys open up with anything you have for the episode, I just want to bring up that that kid Omega. Being good at Jarek, the the game. Jarek, the table, yeah, yeah little yeah, strategy yeah. board game. And I was like, man, was this Jimmy Dice as a kid? <laughs> Jimmy Omega Dice. <laughs> Omega. Listen. Jimmy Omega I, Dice. I had so much fun. I sank so many hours playing Castle Risk and Risk growing up. So many hours I had on, um, and then eventually I had my iPad, got on my computer. I buy it on Steam. I love Steam. Imagine you can make money off it, dude. That's what oh I'm talking God. about. Thing is, I'm, I'm never that fucking good. I'm trash. Are you kidding me? I'm all talking, all bullshit at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I thought, it, I thought of you. Advice. I want to say I thought of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, anybody else have anything on that episode? 
I just want to take a second to talk about how good the animation in Bad Batch in general has been. And this yeah. episode was one of them. Like, the Clone Wars style of animation, out of all we've gotten so far, has always been my preferred style. Mm. So to see, like, you know, last year when we got the end of Clone Wars, Season 7, and then just see it advance even further into the Bad Batch, like, there's a couple of scenes in both of these episodes that I think you could pass off as live action if you took screenshots at the yes, right moment. Yes, like stuff. when the ship, like the sky and the ship's flying mm-hmm. through. Yeah. I was like, damn, that looks really good. Looks really good. And it, it's mm-hmm. surprising to me because with the way Rebels went, it, mm-hmm. it kind of, it seemed like it kind of like they pulled the money out of it so the graphics weren't think, as good as it went on. Yeah, I, I think they didn't give them a lot of money to start off. It, I think the budget for Rebels was definitely way lower than most of the animated yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is sad, but oh well. Yeah. I I, I like the episode. It was good. Uh, sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. No, it's just it's an it's a cartoon that's meant for us adults now because we were kids and we started watching it in the early 2000s. They yeah. know exactly which demographic they're targeting this I'm for. I'm still a kid, motherfucker. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Um. All right, Chris. You got anything on the that episode? One. Um. You still? I, I, I can't even fucking think straight, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> <won't>. Um. <laughs> me and me and Kev watched that one together. That oh, nice. nice. Oh, cool. First, first time we've been able to watch Star Wars content together since Rise of Skywalker. I think. So nice. Best. Nice. Best we forget about that. The better, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. So yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was good. Yeah, we both. I think we both were like, yeah, it was all right. It was, it was good. It was fun, wasn't it? It was real Clone Warsy one, wasn't it? You know what I mean? With yeah. The, and you know what's funny? I remember saying to Kev like when back in like two thousand and two, I remember initially not being a big fan of the like Clone Wars design, like the armor and the helmets mm-hmm. and stuff. Obviously, because you've just had the OT stuff all your life, haven't you? Um, yep. But watching that episode. It was really, really, I felt really nostalgic. Like, these look dead cool. You know, seeing them mm-hmm. all like white, like running around that city and stuff after. Yeah, and then the big bad walkers. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is, this is really walker. cool. I've got to a point where I've, I think that, that shit's cool. Is that weird? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I've oh, experienced that too, where like now when I see people's, like I'm looking at a Star Wars collection for sale and there's cheap, fast food Phantom Menace toys in the lot. I'm like, oh, those look cool. Look at that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> you know, or a, a Naboo fighter pool toy. What am I going to do with that? But I think it yeah. looks cool. <laughs> I'm fucking getting it. That's what matters. That's what matters. Well, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for any fan, uh, Phantom Menace merchandise. I'll buy some yeah. absolute shit at times, I do. <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how much Kev hates them. Not hates, but doesn't like the movie and has so much merchandise from oh, it. Oh, unbelievable know, how much stuff he's got. Pizza Brilliant. Box. Yeah, the pizza box. He brought box. over a new Gunray pizza box from New York City when he flew over to watch Phantom Menace and he brought mm-hmm. the pizza box back. That's in. awesome. Full 16-inch pie. Empty That's box. Awesome. Restained. <laughs> fucking new Gunray on the top. Still has this it. This is incredible. Still has it. Yeah. <laughs> No, there were two of them. Uh, in the lead up to uh, 
and it leads up to Rise of Skywalker horse. Me and Kev, well, I planned this big like rewatch of the like whole, all eight films like leading up to it. Like planned this big, I made a flyer for it and invited. Oh, nice. People. And it was going to be I, in my head. I'd built it up to like these big watch parties around at my house. It was going to be amazing. And then it got, and people were dead on board. And then it got to the first week. It was Phantom Menace, and it was an absolute washout. And like everyone cancelled on me, and I was really bummed out. And Kev was like. What we're doing, mate? Come on, what's happening? I was like, no, mate, just call it off. I've had enough. I'm, I'm throwing my dummy at it, probably. I'm not having any of this. No one, want, no one's interested. And Kev's like, just come to my house, mate. We'll watch it at my house. It's fine. I was like, all right then. So I drove over to Kev's. It's about a twenty-minute drive for us. <laughs> and this absolute legend, right? In twenty minutes, because he could tell how bummed out I was on the phone. He'd been in his loft. And I've never seen so much Phantom Menace merchandise <laughs> and like cardboard standees and all sorts, mate. Promotional material. I dragged it all out and he dressed all his front room up. And this pizza box was on display and he answered the door in a Jar Jar rubber mask. <laughs> My like, man. Legend. What an absolute dude, mate. Absolute dude. That's a good dude right there. Yeah. And he's hurting right now. He's texted me and he's, he's really, really hurting. So right, let's send him some positive vibes. Sorry, I'm Kev. Positive vibes Fuck. and fucking Mylanta and ibuprofen. Football has yeah. not 20 been milliliter, good. 20 liters of water. Football has not been good for him lately. It's not. No. Although they got as far as they did, which is nice. Um, ready to talk about the next episode? Mm. Let's do it. Let's do Captain it. Spindula. Fresh in my head. It's called uh, Devil's Deal, and this is where the Bad Batch turns into Hera's story. Is what, mm. I guess what we call it now. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> it's not about the bad batch. Yeah, uh, it, it takes place on Ryloth, where all the Twi'leks are from. Um, and you know, it's again more of the Empire subjugating impression, you know, taking over, and they're like, "Oh, you don't need weapons anymore because we're in control now." Like, turn in all your shit, turn in all your weapons. Mm. We're done. Surrender. Yeah, essentially. Without saying that. Um, and uh, a cool surprise happens, and you're like, whoa, it's the Sindulas. It's like the family mm. of Sindulas, parents of Hera Sindula. If you don't know, it's, she's in the Rebels cartoon. You should watch it if you don't know who Hera Sindula is. Sure. Um, her name's mentioned in Rogue One. Boom. Mm-hmm. And um, her dad, Cham, I don't know her mom's name. Do you know her mom's name? No, it escapes me as well. Yeah, she seems really nice, though. I do wonder why all Twi'leks have... I'm fine with it, but why do they have French accents? Just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, that really, th- that really threw me. Yeah, right? Like, like I was just, like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is this just because... Are you doing this because Freddie Prince Jr. is a... As an eight-year-old, sounded like he was in his fifties. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you throwing us off that scent? Or yeah, it was just really strange because obviously Vanessa Marshall's not. No, she doesn't do that that French no. accent in, in yeah. Rebels. So I was like, "What?" Well, yeah, it was a bit weird that for me. I thought so too. I thought yeah. so too. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're doing the Kiwi accent, you know, for the clones and mm. stuff. So like, oh. I guess maybe. I, Bless don't, I don't know. Like what? Whatever. Moving on. I love seeing Chopper, and I like seeing Chopper on this 
podcast because it means something different in England. Do you know what it means in Haas in England? What? No, what is... Oh, I gotta know. Well, if you've got a chopper, mate, you've got a massive cock. Oh, Real well, chopper. yeah, I, def- Real yeah. Wood I, chopper. I definitely would have never heard that term. Then. That's why... <laughs> So, great. I'm hanging out with a bunch of choppers, and I'm sitting over here fucking <laughs> R5-D4, whatever. <laughs> now you know, buddy. Chopper is a giant-ass dick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. And he does swig one in, in uh, Rebels, that's for sure. Yeah. Good for all you that have ever heard you had a chopper. I'm ha- real happy well, for you guys. It's never it's never a term that's been uh, tossed my way. No pun intended. Same. But, same. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's That's like, oh, I get talk. I talk about that all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to ask. There's a clone in this episode named Hauser. Um, maybe. <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, have we encountered him before? Not that I'm aware of. I know, you know, they sold that vintage collection four pack of clones yeah, from the Bad Patch, yeah. and he was one of them. But mm. I'm not previous i have a hard time like knowing all the individual clones we've been introduced to over all the clone war so if we have seen him before i don't know yeah it, 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 right? they introduced him like he had like scars and stuff or something mm-hmm. on his face and i was like maybe there's a history behind it but i d- could not remember anything and he also was empathetic to uh hera and their whole thing so like mm. I don't know. Did Order 66 not affect him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah. Just because Kev's not here, I'm just going to say, this guy's got a bloody figure. Where's my Lobot figure? Where's my Lobot <laughs> Black Series? Where's my Lobot? <laughs> where's my Lobot? And then Chris would say, where's my... Where's my fucking Ben Solo? <laughs> yeah, Ben Solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. ben Solo. <laughs> Captain Topples. They do need a Ben Solo. Six inch. I want one. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, so this will be it. Let's, so not, let's not digress. Yeah. Is this going to be the start of the next arc here? The, the, the sort of Ryloth rebellion thing? Well, I, I think well, it ends. And Hera's like, you know, like in a tough space. I think she's going to go to the Bad Batch for help. I think that's what's going to yeah. happen. Um, I just want to say Crosshair, you know, who he thought looked like Dangar. Last time we saw him. <laughs> well, he's not. He's not. But his scars, <laughs> his scars look badass, and he is doing a lot for the empire. Like I'm it's still, yeah, it's, it's still a prick. Yeah, he's a prick, and he's good at it. Um, Hera is definitely like the bad batch. I was wondering when the badger, bad batch, would even show up in the episode. That's how like Hera centralized this episode was. Yeah. Um, do we know who directed it? Was Filoni like super involved in this or something? Is that why? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Hera's music really. Did you guys get a like a music theme from? Yeah, like, when she's staring up into the sky. Yeah, and yeah. it happened yeah. multiple yeah. times, and I got a lot of like Leia vibes from it. Right. Yeah, or like uh, even the Force theme when when like. Binary sunset or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I got a bit of that vibe to it yep. too. Yep. Um, I'm just going through my list. Senator Orn Frita dies. That, that bastard. That motherfucker is dead. But goddamn time. now officially canon dead and has a sword behind it. So this um 
this show has been real bad for tertiary prequel characters, right? <laughs> Orange Free Saw. Yeah. Was yeah. it Tan Wee that bit it a couple episodes yep. ago? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. If you're a tertiary uh, prequel character, watch out. Yeah. You're on the on the 25th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, too. <sighs> yeah. Yep. God damn. <laughs> he did. He did. Or 20th. 20th. I mean, you, yeah, they... They built them up even within the episode to hate him, so it was kind of nice to see. Uh, but that's all like the scheming, the Empire scheming. That's what they do. They fucking do it. Um, the the Juggernaut have heavy assault vehicle or whatever where they're all handcuffed inside there. You get the Rogue One vibes from, right? You, oh, know, totally. you know why they're doing it. Yeah, obviously. Like Rogue One. Liked that. Um, Liana Halleck! Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. You're free. Or whatever. whatever. K2S. You are being rescued. Congratulations. You are, you are being rescued. You're being um, But yeah, I guess like I end this all on like, is the show about Hera now? Like, no. No, no. This, I think it's just a neat approach to open this episode. I think, you know, we're looking at a nice minimum two episode story here. It's at least a two parter. So yeah. there's going to be plenty of Bad Batch. And, like, I really, I was digging it. And, uh, and like, before they showed up, I was like, maybe they just don't show up. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. would be cool. Um, So, yeah, I, I kind of dug the approach. Because you could take this approach or you could do kind of what they've done a lot in this show. Is where it's like, oh, the Bad Batch is here. And look who we ran into, you know. But yeah. to take it from the other side and see. Hera, and then it lead up to her meeting them. I thought was cool. It does seem yeah. like they're weaving yeah. Bad Batch into the canon story. Like they just like a lot of stuff. Like yeah. s- like intellectually weaving it in, and it's like when when Omega's talking with Omega. Uh, Omega is talking with Hera in the ship and touring the ship. It's like oh yeah, now they have a bond, and you know that's gonna go somewhere mm-hmm. in the next couple episodes. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. I am um, already enjoyed this one. Yeah. Hey, anything else for the episode? <laughs> Not this. This uh, Imperial prick. What's his What's his name? Oh, I know. That's the Vice Admiral guy I was talking about he's earlier. A he's got a figure and all. He's got a figure. Black <laughs> he sure does. And Lobot <laughs> does not. <laughs> Lobot <Yeah>. does not. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, he's a dickhead. As soon as he started being a a prick. In this episode, I was like, oh, Emily Lynn's going to love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. He'll be, ma- he'll be making it onto the Imperial sleazebag list or whatever she calls it. Yeah, he, needs, uh, he needs just like one more remarkable uh, uh, feature about him. Yeah, he's got the cloak. Yeah. Grandma Tarkin's got his Grandma Tarkin-ness. His and, like jawline. Uh, yeah, this guy. Yeah. This guy needs like a scar, or he's too perfect. Yeah, See, he's I, bet he's got a, I bet he's got a chopper, you know. I bet he's, he's got. Yeah. Oh, you mean that's what? Yeah, sure. yeah, we'll find out in Anaheim, won't we? <laughs> yeah, some uh, fan fiction. Sure. There's some fun yeah, stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. His uh, chopper. <laughs> oh man, he pops it out and it just goes. <laughs> 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 Rampart, put your dick away. <laughs> Rampart, that's it. Rampart, that's right. Vice, yeah, Admiral Rampart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's good. The worst. That's all I have on Bad Batch. If you guys have anything else, yeah, man, 
Give me some more Hera. I'm ready for some more Hera. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She had she had a great role in uh, this book I read this week, Star Wars Victory's Price. Um, excellent role for Hera in this book. Uh, it's just General Syndulla. <laughs> Here we go point. again. Man of the what Imperial Star. To me? What, New Republic. Got? New Republic Star Destroyed Deliverance. Thank you for joining us from a galaxy far, far away, folks. You can find us at Scruffy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Thank you all so much again. Haas, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure having you join us. For me, it's been nice to be on here with you finally because I had to leave some weird voicemail last time. So it is a pleasure to have had you on here. You can find our guest, Mr. Haas Burkhart, on Twitter at Blue Harvest Pod and at High Potion Pod. Heard. Nice. And uh, thank you for joining us. That's a wrap. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you. uh, Apologize for my unprofessional uh, national patriotism and no. dipping in the nam, buddy. No, no apologies necessary, buddy. Thanks for showing up when you got this going on. You could have been a Kev sitting at home hugging your pizza box and your standees <laughs> while you watch football. <laughs> no, nah, man, you showed up. You showed up. I appreciate it. Well, it rubber do you know what's mask. really funny, though? Do you know what's really funny? I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to Hawes about Book of Boba Fett. And you guys talked about it while that fucking penalty kick out was on, didn't you? <laughs> we did. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, like we get ex- we're excited for Book of Boba, and I just think of Haas because how excited he's going to be. So, thank you all for listening. Till next time. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Right on. Thanks Cute for having music. me, guys. This party's over.